2018's World Cup preview spectacular. I'm Michael Majid, and with me is Omar Zini. And we can't do a World Cup preview without somebody who's already done a World Cup preview. Back for her triumphant, what is this? I think, Jill, you may be the most often recurring guest on, uh, on Inside the 18, I believe, uh, because it's, uh, I feel like you're on, even when you're not on, you're on the podcast because we're talking about TKI all the time. <laughs> it's Jill Lloyden from TKI. Uh, what's up? How is everybody this morning? Good. Very good. Awesome. All right, that's awesome. Always an awesome. honor. Uh, always an honor. Always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Yes, yeah, so we. I don't know if you noticed, but we always bring up TKI at some point. If anybody doesn't know what TKI stands for, it's the Keeper Institute. One of the best. One of the best channels. Every, I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a promo right now while you're on, so you can hear us uh, always talking about you. Uh, one of the <laughs> best, uh, Jill. I mean, I've learned so much from what you guys do, and and you know your team there. So uh, props to you, and to have you on every single time, it's an honor. So thank you for joining us. Of course, you guys, absolutely my pleasure. Anytime I can chat goalkeeping with knowledgeable people is always a always fun experience. Well, let's let's use knowledgeable with a grain of salt, but sure. <laughs> um, fans out there, thank you again, guys, for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Uh, we're getting close to 80 reviews on iTunes. Uh, by the way, some people have been asking, do the Stitcher reviews count for the 100 uh, goal? Yes, they do. Uh, however, if you can go on your Stitcher review and you can copy and paste it to you, your iTunes, which I guess is called Apple Music now. I guess iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Uh, go Apple ahead podcast. and do that. Uh, no, anyway. We're on, we're on Google Play too now. Oh, we're on Google Play too now. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds good. Some people have been reaching out about saying they don't have, they can't access Spotify in their country. Uh, so we put it on Google Play and I'm uh, exploring different options for people who are uh, outside the U.S. That's great. And uh, I want to bring up a one person who reached out to us recently who's a fan of the show. I'm going to totally mess up the name. Basingua. Dennis Bosingua. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis Bosingua of the Storm Goalkeeping Foundation in Kisumu, Kenya. He, uh, he needs your help, guys. They've got a small goalkeeping program they're trying to start over in this uh, small uh, isolated area of Kenya and basically is, is, is looking for people throughout the goalkeeping community to help him with his dream of, of starting a goalkeeping uh, a program over there. So uh, if you're interested in either donating some resources, some money, some, uh, some gloves, uh, balls, whatever you can, you can, uh, you can reach out to uh, www.rmf.world slash ssa-kenya. And we'll have the link in the show notes as well too, guys. But uh, honestly, he reached out to me personally. He, uh, he reached out over and over again. And I eventually I was like, you know what, this is either a scam or this guy really needs our, our, our help. So I, I reached out and I talked to him on, on FaceTime. And uh, Dennis, you couldn't be a, a nicer guy. And I'm, I'm really happy that we can, uh, we can make things happen for you. And uh, Jill, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, of the, uh, the program, but uh, it's definitely something to keep spreading to the rest of the goalkeeping community. Uh, speaking of the goalkeeper union, let's talk about our new Patreon, patreon.com slash GKUnion. I know some of you guys have already been signing up. Shout out to our newest member, Darren Doosnup. I believe is uh, your name. Uh, I'm botching names, but that's okay because we're going to be doing a World Cup preview, which means I'll be botching a lot of names of people from all over the world. Uh, so thanks for joining the Patreon, guys. Uh, again, all that money in the Patreon, it does not go to Omar's new uh, Maserati. It goes to uh, developing different goalkeeping programs that we can bring in different places uh, to help with uh, funding trips for us to go spread the goalkeeping gospel, I guess it is. Uh, all sorts of cool content for you guys. So uh, if you can join, uh, at, there's there's all sorts of different levels, $5, $10, $15. You can join $1,000 a month if you'd like. I'm totally down with that. Uh, 
whatever you want to do. But yeah, that's all, that's all the housekeeping uh, we got. And because honestly, we have Jill with us and she's like, all right, guys, did we, did I come on to hear you guys uh, promote and promote and promote? No, we had you on for the World Cup preview. So let's just get at it, guys. France starts in a couple days. We're all excited about this. Rather than do a traditional World Cup preview, uh, what I thought we would be doing would be more fun is to choose which teams move on based on their keepers in like a keeper war bracket style. So what basically what we do is I'm going to give you guys all the different groups and each one of us is going to choose two goalkeepers that we think are going to move out of those groups based on their goalkeeping ability. And then we're also going to choose four wild cards, kind of like the third place teams that get to move on. And, uh, and then we're going to debate and then we're going to yell at each other because we all think we're right. So uh, <laughs> let's get at it, guys. Let's, uh, let's get into this. So let's start with group A, France, Norway, Korea, and Nigeria. Uh, I'm going to start it out with TKI. Jill, what do you think of this group? Uh, well, I think if we're going based on goalkeepers, I'm going to go with France and Norway. Uh, I think if we're going based on skill of the teams, I would probably pick the same. Um, I think Buhadi has been around for a really long time. She just won the Champions League, done really well, very experienced, and has a great defensive line in front of her. I think they make her job look pretty easy, but she's good in distribution. And Norway's keeper, which, Mike, maybe you can butcher that one for us. Ingrid Helmseth. <laughs> There we go. Um, she's, she's what, she's, 72 years old? No, no. She's, she's been around for a while, though, right? She's 39. That's, That's incredible. That's incredible. 39 um, starting in the World Cup. Oh. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, my body is decrepit at 34, so I can't imagine what 39 feels like for her right now. But, uh, yeah, based on those, those two, I would definitely go with France and Norway. Omar, do you have anything different? Uh, no, I think I'm going to go with probably the same. I just think uh, Buhati is coming off Champions League victory. I'm pretty sure they won the league going for, for the women's side. They have, I mean, the France You're team is... pretty sure they won the league? Lyon has won, what, seven in a row or something insane like that? It's, it's, it's unreal. They, yeah, they win really a lot. Sense. It doesn't really make sense, unfortunately, because she's just, uh, you know, a part of a great team as well. And, I mean, Lyon, the men's team was great back in the day, too, with Gregory Coupe when they won. I don't know how many legal and titles, probably like six or seven in a row. They had Juninho, the free kick taker. So they were, they have, you know, a, gr a good program on the men and women's side. Uh, but not, Buhati, not Juninho of the Los Angeles Galaxy? A different <laughs> Unfortunately not. That, that would make us a lot better, but it's not him. Uh, but uh, no, I think she's really good in France. I mean, they've beaten World Cup teams like Thailand 3-0 in the, the run-up. And I, think, I just feel like the gap from the U.S., and the rest of the world, uh, Joe, I'm sure you can attest to this, is just it's slowly minimizing. And I think France even beat us in a, uh, in a World Cup prep game. So uh, I'm a little worried about them, to be honest with you. And it seems like we're probably going to meet them in the quarterfinal or like right out of the group stage if things go wrong for us. But uh, I'm excited because she is a good goalkeeper. She's been around for a long time, over 150 uh, appearances for Lyon. Um, so I'm excited for her. I'm a little worried because she is very good and she's coming off a great season. So Worried about her, but she's probably going to win the group and probably, you know, propel her team. Um, might not get a lot of action in the group stage, but um, second or third round, she probably might get a little bit more. Uh, again, shout out to U.S. U-20 men's who beat France yesterday. Unfortunately, a, a goalkeeper mistake led to us winning, but still I'm happy it finally happened for us, not against us. And then, yeah, the goalkeeper from Norway, it looks like I'm probably going to go with her as well, uh, just because their ranking is, is below Korea's, but I think that, uh, you know, Ingrid has been around for a long time, so I'm really hoping that her experience and just kind of, you know, being around that team for so long will, uh, will help uh, propel her team. And as you can tell, I don't know too much about Ingrid here, so I'm just going to go with uh, the ranking on this one. So how, how that one backed me up. So 
I'm going to go completely different than all you guys here. And I'm going to go with uh, Korea and Nigeria. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, although I, I, I will share some stories that are going on with Korea Republic, for instance, I feel very bad for them because they're coming into this tournament with their third string goalkeeper, uh, who I'm going to butcher her name. I think it's Ga Gae. The uh, two ones that were the ones that they were using mainly for qualifying are both injured. And uh, the two keepers that they brought uh, along with Gaye don't have a lot of experience. So I think that's going to be tough for them. This is a very, very difficult group. Nigeria, there's a, a 2000 there. Uh, Ina Duzi, who played, uh, I believe it was either U20s or U17s recently uh, tournament. And uh, I think she's going to kind of be the next number one for Nigeria. She's ranged. She's got clean hands. She's explosive. She's got beyond her age maturity. However, I don't think she's going to be the starter way he is going to be the starter. But I, again, I, I'm going with Ingrid and, uh, and Bahati. I mean, honestly, I think Sarah Bahati is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Helmseth, my only concern about her is, is she's a little bit slow off her line right now. I mean, she's 39, so I don't know what to say to her in regards to that. But her reflexes are still solid, and she obviously you know, understands her angles. Her distribution's pretty pretty good. Norway is not the juggernaut they used to be back in the day, for anybody who's not familiar with the, the women's game right now. Um, obviously, they're missing players like, you know, Hedeberg. I mean, that just, I don't know where to start from there other than, you know, you're missing the Volando or player. But yeah, this is a tough group. Um, all right, so let's move on. Let's move on to, uh, to Group B. And that's uh, it's another uh, pretty difficult group here. We got Germany, Spain, China, South Africa. Spain is on the up and up. Germany has obviously always been a, a solid contender. China's trying to uh, rebuild their program from the, uh, the world power they used to be, you know, years and years and back. And South Africa, I believe, is making their first uh, World Cup appearance. So, uh, Jill, let's start with you. Well, I think this is the group of, like, rookies with Germany. So we have one of the most prolific um, teams in women's soccer with Germany um, who've been successful and had incredible goalkeepers back all the way to the 90s with Silke Rottenberg and Dean Unger and Schultz. Now, I, I really like her. I think she has a great presence, and I think she has the best range of any female I've ever seen in terms of how well she can strike the ball and that she can hit it in behind back lines. She did well for Wolfsburg in the Champions League. Um, she's great 1v1, and she's like coming into her prime. She's going to be like 30 years old. So of all the goalkeepers besides our American three, I I'm really looking forward to see how well she does, how she handles the pressure of a team that has high expectations. So I'm definitely going to choose Germany. And my second would be Spain. Spain, China, South Africa. China's obviously rebuilding from their prominence in the 90s. But Spain, they're getting more resources to their team. South Africa have been getting better every single year. But I'm going to go with Spain. It's unclear who's going to be their number one. I think it will be the goalkeeper that's been playing with uh, with Atletico, Gallardo. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, Gallardo, yeah. I will say in doing my research, I appreciated watching her clips the most because it's just the amount of passion that the announcers speak with in, in Spanish uh, when she comes up with big saves. Was, it was pretty entertaining. So I, I'm going to go with Germany and Spain in this group. Uh, Omar? I think we're going to be going the same ones all around. How dare you? You just heard me just talk about the Nigerian upstart keepers and all of that. Come on, guys. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you I'm may be right with, uh, about that, but that's good. That means that we've done our research. So. We have, yeah. So I'm going to go with Schultz uh, from Germany. You know, Wolfsburg, they had a, a, a you know, decent run in the Champions League. Uh, they finished second overall in the Bundesliga, and she had, by one goal, she had the least amount of goals against. So it looks like she's coming in fine form and uh, watching her play. She's very German, of course, and in terms of the spread saves and the kick saves, like uh, Manuel Neuer, Ter Stegen type. Joe, I know you would appreciate her because she does the, uh, the phase one through three very, very promptly and very accurately. So I'm sure she'd be a TKI favorite. 
If you guys are not familiar, go on to the TKI videos and check out phases one through three of the spread okay. to the block. What I love about her, though, is that she's, you know, very sure of her positioning and movement uh, into different set positions. So she's very compact. She's very patient and she stays on her line and allows herself to use her instincts and her uh, shot stopping ability. I feel like a lot of goalkeepers don't do that. They try and come out and be the hero. And I feel like she lets the game come to her versus her attacking the game. Um, so I'm excited for her. And then, of course, from Spain, Dolores Gallardo, which is, it looks like she's going to be the starter, plays for Atletico Madrid, which finished top, top of the league in Spain this year, had the second least goals against in the league, uh, only second to uh, Sarah Panos, who is the starter at Barcelona, but the backup for Spain is looking like. She's very Ter Stegen-esque. I feel like, you know, on 1v1s when she comes out, she does kind of like little, that little arm swing. And so she, you know, allows herself to build that momentum, which I'm still a little bit curious about that. I'm sure I think, uh, TKI or myself will do a breakdown on the arm swing and the benefits of that. But she, <laughs> yeah, she has very clean technique, great shot stopper, uh, really good on 1v1s, decent in the air. She's not the tallest, but she's decent in the air. Uh, still rather young. I think she's 26 and uh, Panos is 25. So it's probably going to be a little bit of that uh, Ederson and Allison type feel in the next few years with Spain. Maybe Shea might make a, a, an appearance for Spain soon. We don't know. But, um, yeah, but, you know, what's crazy, though, is that in the Champions League this year, she lost 6-0 to on aggregate to Schultz-Wolfsburg. So, you don't know. We'll see if there's a little bit of, uh, you know, animosity between the two and some history between the two. But I think that uh, in terms of the world rank and in terms of the goalkeeper that I'm going to go with, I think Schultz will, uh, will have the best showing. I, uh, I'm actually a little disappointed. I kind of wanted to see Sandra Panos, you know, get the number one job, just because I was impressed with watching her at, at Barcelona. Although, however, you're all right. Uh, Gallardo over at Atletico, you know, did a fantastic job this year. I mean, you're, you're in a tough position right there because some countries it's like feast or famine. And, you know, they've either got an embarrassment of riches or some countries like, you know, they're, they're struggling to find a, a number one goalkeeper. And, and Spain is in a situation where they've got two who could very easily be their, their starters. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the other two in the group, South Africa, they had a situation where that Kaelin Stewart was uh, their, their starter. Uh, she was not doing very well, and, and they made a decision to go with uh, Diamani uh, as their starter now. I don't know much about them. However, that sort of turmoil coming into a World Cup when you're a first-time team at the World Cup, uh, a lot of times that spells disaster. So I'm a little concerned about South Africa. China, their backup, uh, Zhu Shuang, uh, is, a, is a younger goalkeeper who I think is actually going to be a better goalkeeper than Shimeng Pang, who's their, their starter right now, who's a solid, solid goalkeeper. Uh, I think Zhu Zhuang has actually the ability, the natural abilities to be a great goalkeeper. Her positioning needs a lot of work still, but she's very aggressive and, and she shows a, a certain amount of passion that I don't want to say, like, I don't want to stereotype here, but I haven't, I hadn't seen from a, from a Chinese goalkeeper before. Um, but maybe that's just me stereotyping and I'll end up on BuzzFeed. So moving on, let's go to group C and uh, let's talk about that group and let's go to Italy. Let's maybe we can edit that out too. That was just awful. No one should ever do that again. We're going to keep everything you're doing. Brazil. That's you. We want Australia and Jamaica. Are. Okay. That, yeah. That all, that all just sounded like the offensive stereotypes of the I world. I feel like you're doing it on purpose. You want me to keep it in. So I'm going to keep it in just for your, just for your embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for levity, guys. Uh, Italy, Brazil, Australia, Jamaica. Let's start with TKI. Well, number one, I'm going to go with Australia. Um, I think Lydia Williams' experience playing in the NWSL, playing in the, the Australian W League, has really helped her. I remember back in 2009, I'm really dating myself here, but she was a younger player in the, in the W League, and I'm like, wow, this girl has a lot of skill, um, but she lacks some... Um, patience and decision making and to see her grow over the last 10 years has been incredible and 
I'm really excited to watch her play. My only question is what kind of form will she be in? Cause she hasn't played in the NWSL. Um, Michelle Betos has been the starter. So we'll see what type of form she comes in. My second choice is going to be Brazil. Although um, I'm not the biggest um, Brazilian female goalkeeper um, fan. I do think that, that Barbara is solid. However, I think she makes erratic decisions sometimes. Flies off her line, no, not as much control. And I, I think that that's been kind of a, a thorn in their side for the last few years and why they really haven't broken through to become World Cup champions. Aline, I think is how you say her name, um, played in the She Believes Cup and, and struggled with some similar um, tendencies of coming out too too far and exposing the goal and not being able to really affect the play. Although, despite that, I, I do think that Barbara is um, has a great presence and she's a good shot stopper. So I'm, I'm going to go with Australia and Brazil. Is Aline not going to be the starter? Uh, no, Aline is projected to be the starter. Uh, okay. She is. Yeah, yeah Barbara, Barbara apparently has, has lost it out to Aline. Shout out to Aline, a uh, friend of the show. We're not biased on this show, Aline, so uh, we, have to be, we have to be subjective and we have to be uh, journalists and we have to say what we're watching. So uh, we still love you. Uh, Omar, <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, with Italy and Brazil for this one just because uh, Giuliani, who's projected to be the starter for Italy in this season, she only played 13 of the 22 games for, for Juve, which uh, finished top of the league in the Serie A uh, women's side. You know what's crazy is that they only let in eight goals that season or this season. So eight goals out of 22 matches is unprecedented. It's, it's, not, it's not normal. It's not common. Um, so, you know, for her to have a hand in that, I'm not sure which goalkeeper was the backup who only played the, the nine. But uh, she had a great season. She's a good shot stopper. You know, not, there's not that many clips of her online. But uh, what I liked about her from the clips I did see is that she may not be the most athletic or the person who's going to give you the, the, the biggest reflexes on saves, but she puts herself in really good positions. She has very calm feet when she comes across the goal. So we've seen other goalkeepers who come across the goal a little bit too antsy, too fast, and take too big of steps. And once they do that, they leave themselves a little bit you know, too stretched out. It doesn't allow them to stay in that compact shape to get a full dive off or proper dive off. So I like her, and she's still very young. I mean, I'm only going to say young because she's 26, and I'm 26. So I'm going to give her the, the young tag on that. And I think uh, she has a lot of room to grow. And I think Italy's on the up and up on the women's side. So I'm excited to see how she uh, performs and how that team does. Brazil, Aline is uh, my pick on this one. She is a little bit uh, on the shorter side, so about 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, um, she definitely uses her springiness a lot. Like you said, Jill, in the She Believes Cup, she did leave her goal a lot of the times where you know she was a little bit too antsy and too eager to get the ball. So I would probably say if she can hone in on that and kind of, I mean, I don't want her not to be herself, but if she could try and you know not come out as far and let her defenders do the work, I feel like, that'll leave the goal, the goal less exposed and she'll give herself a, the best chance to use one of her best attributes, which is shot stopping and reflexes. So I'm excited for her. Again, you know, she has good timing on crosses and because she's not as tall and I don't think Brazil has that many tall players, I think that could be an area of concern for Brazil. And I don't think it'll happen in the group stages just because I don't think Italy will give them too much of a threat, but I think Australia might be their biggest threat. So hopefully... If uh, she can hone in on those two things, not being so antsy off the line, and at the same time, too, doing a great job on crosses and reading the flight of the ball, they'll have a good group stage. So going with those two for now. Now, let's bring up this, though. I, I do want to bring up this, is that Brazil has, uh, has been having a horrific run of form as a team in regards to international competition. And, uh, and that is my concern, is that, that this might be the first year that we might see Brazil not actually get out of the group, especially if Italy can can get some solid points there. I think Brazil's kind of in one of those situations where uh, 
Formiga's what? 41, Marta's 33. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of the, the older generation that's still there. And I think it's going to have to see kind of a reset with Brazil pretty soon on. That's what, we, that's what we've been seeing, though, even with the, on the men's side, when Spain obviously had their, their European and World Cup championships, and then uh, they had the Xavi's, Iniesta's, all the older players, they kind of brought them down in the uh, 2014 World Cup. And I think that is also what we saw with Holland as well with uh, Aryan Robin and some of the older players. So I think maybe sometimes you need to have those guys have their last run in the sun and then finish off. And then the next generation comes in and those are the ones who kind of establish themselves at the club level and then international level. So maybe we're seeing that with Brazil right now because you're right, Mike, they haven't really put that, that many great results together. And unfortunately, you know, as fans, we default into thinking Brazil is this amazing team. So hopefully they, they put it all together. But usually what we've seen in, in terms of the run-ups of the World Cup, if you're not doing too well, then eventually it's going to all fall apart at some point. So we'll see what happens. I, I know this is a goalkeeping podcast, but uh, I just want to say I'm really excited about this group because I'm really excited to see Jamaica because they've just got so many young players. And honestly, I just want to see Bunny Shaw. I want to see Bunny Shaw. Everyone just raves about Bunny Shaw. My favorite is that she says unattached as if like nobody wants her. But in reality, like she's probably just waiting for that big time, huge, uh, huge club contract to come her way. You know, they're a very, very young team. It, it's going to be a sink or swim type of situation. I don't see Jamaica getting out of the group. But we've got an interesting situation where we might have see Sidney Schneider as the starting goalkeeper. For a while, there was no debate. Nicole McClure, uh, for a while, people are saying, you know, she was going to be the starter. I think Schneider's still going to get the nod. She did pretty well in a, a friendly against Scotland last week. I think she's explosive. I think she moves well. I think she's got that youthful exuberance, that kind of just like, I've never been here before. I don't even know what this, what this is. And because of that, you know, I'm just going to have fun with it. Also another friend of the show, Jill. So do you think the Lydia Williams not getting them reps is going to be an issue? I mean, I don't see it being the biggest issue. I'm sure it's not the ideal situation that she wanted to be in, but she played yeah. the entire entirety of the w league which is um ends in like january february um so she's coming off of that season coming off of camps and yeah i think she'll be she'll be fine but obviously not the ideal situation in lead up yeah. to a world cup okay all right i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with lydia williams uh i was gonna go with her anyway athletic veteran like like we're all saying um i'm gonna go with aline because i have a soft spot for anybody that's uh, under six foot as a goalkeeper so that's the way i go all right, guys, let's go to Group D. Let's go to England, Scotland, Argentina, and Japan. This is a very difficult group. Uh, Scotland, you might think, uh, oh, you know, I don't know much about them, but they were pretty solid in European qualifying. Argentina's kind of upstarts. I think it might be their first World Cup. Japan is always a consistent power. Let's start with uh, Jill. Well, first off, I'm going to go with England because I think that Karen Bardsley is – one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. I don't think there is a clear cut number one like there has been in the past with Hope. Obviously, she's probably the best that's ever played the position. However, I do think that Karen Bardsley is one of the top three, four or five goalkeepers in the world. And she is born in America, if I'm not wrong. So I guess really? we can kind of I guess we can kind of claim her. How did we no, let that think, slide? How did we let that slide out? Jeez. Okay, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a big fan of Karen Bardsley. She's a modern-day goalkeeper, in my opinion. Um, I love the way that she plays the position. She's got a great presence. She's decent with her feet. My question mark would be the mental side of the game for her. Sometimes you can see her waver within games, but I, I still think that she's one of the best in the world. Um, really difficult to beat. And her team plays well in front of her. She seems like a great captain, good leader, and her defense just uh, makes her job a little bit easier. And then, of course, Japan. I'm going to go with Japan. I have... 
no idea who their goalkeepers are, to be honest. They have changed so much in the past, and they've never really been known for great goalkeeping. But I still think that the team plays so well, keeps the ball so much that they limit their opponent's chances to score. So it makes it a little bit more clear-cut for the goalkeeper's job. So I'm going to go with Japan. Omar? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bardsley as well from England. I actually went to England uh, last year, and I was at a, uh, at a bar, and we were watching – uh, Man City women's versus Chelsea women's. And I was super impressed with the goalkeeper for Man City, which is where Bardsley plays. And I was just like, oh my God, this this girl knows exactly what to do in terms of understanding when to use the spread save. Again, the spread save, everyone's using it now. So it's very prevalent in game. So don't, you know, don't mind me for repeating it over and over. But she did a very good job of that. And especially on 1v1s, she's very sure of herself. Like, like Jill said, she's one of the best in the world at the moment. And I just feel like to have somebody back there who's very self-aware and understands what they're good at, because I don't think she's the best at coming off her line with speed. So I think she understands that to give herself the best chance to make a save. It's come, you know, gain as much ground as you can, set, and then use your reactions, which she's very brilliant at. So I'm excited for her. And then obviously with Phil Neville being the coach now of England, I think it's a new era for England. Uh, they gave us some, not too many threats, but some threats in the She Believes Cup when we played against them. So I'm excited to see how that team turns up and if Bardsley can be the one to kind of spur them out of the group stage and then maybe a long run in the, in the tournament. Who knows? But I'm um, also going to go with uh, Japan as well. They've been a dominant threat in the world since they won the World Cup in uh, 2000 and. Uh, 2011? Yes, 2011. Yeah, 2011. I'm sorry. I don't want. I love how you just looked at Joe. You're like 2011, right? 2011. Is that the, was that the year? Yeah. I'm sorry. That was the time we lost some PKs. Yeah, that was oh, it. That hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was surprised about that one too, man. You were right surprised. Now. I think somebody else on this line was more surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna go. I don't want to bring it up anymore because now we're just now we're just turning the knife in there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Japan as well. Aikida is their starting goal keeper she's still relatively young 26 she's played in other world cups she's played for japan's u17 in the 2008 world cup uh japan u20 national team at the uh 2012 world cup so she has a lot of experience she plays for the uh, uriah uh, reds in japan so she has almost 100 appearances for them she seems to be very uh very much coming up the ranks in the japanese system uh just waiting her turn so i'm hoping she has a breakout tournament and then she actually shows well because you know like we all know, Jill, like any goalkeeper who has to wait their turn, uh, they're just eager to it. So I'm hoping her, uh, the experience of playing with the youth national teams and giving her that uh, those, those big minutes in those big games like the World Cups have benefited her and that uh, she's not over eager in the sense that she's trying to do too much. She's going to let the game come to her. Um, and I'm excited to see how she does because from a human level, I always like to see how goalkeepers handle that big pressure and handle new moments in their career. So this is a new moment for her and hopefully uh, she takes it and runs with it. Now, I, uh, I've got one thing that I was going to say is that I thought Yamashita was going to be the starting goalkeeper for Japan. So um, that, that, that comes as a shock to me. I've been watching a lot of Yamashita lately. Um, I thought she had quick reflexes. I thought she's very attentive. She's actually got reasonable size for, for a goalkeeper. Japan has had some, sometimes a smaller goalkeeper, and, and, and she's actually got some, some decent size to her. But I want to watch Aikida. I don't know who it's going to be between those two. So if it ends up being uh, Aikida, Omar's right. If it ends up being Yamashita, then I'm right. And, uh, and that's the way it goes. And Omar's just laughing at that. He's like, I don't know, man. He's like, yeah, the it. number one, she got the number one Jersey. And then you never know. I mean, even with, I think Ederson wears number 23. So, I mean, I don't think, uh, we can use that as, as a, as a measuring stick, but I, I went with that and, and I'm hoping I'm right. If not, then I'm gonna have to cut this out of the edit. No, that's okay. We can, uh, we can keep it in the edit so that everybody <laughs> can like comment on the, the social media worlds and go like, Omar says he knows everything about goalkeeping, <laughs> but so-and-so is actually starting in the game. What is that? Did he not call the Japanese manager and find out for himself? Like what's wrong with him? Uh, 
Karen Bardsley is one of the best in the world. For somebody of, with her size, the fact that she, she can move as well as she does is just unreal. Obviously, she's phenomenal in the air. Anything with any sort of air underneath the ball, they've got no chance of winning the ball against her. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see this England squad. I do kind of want to see what happens with Scotland, though. I want to see what happens with Lee Alexander. Uh, let's move on to the, the next group, Group E. That's the Netherlands, Canada, New Zealand, Cameroon. Uh, I know everyone's got a little bit of a soft spot for some of this uh, group here. So uh, let's start with uh, Jill at TKI. All right. Well, this is definitely the most exciting group. I'm so pumped to watch this group because I really think that any of the four teams can advance. I think everyone has a shot at advancing. I'm so excited to watch the Netherlands. I'm a big fan of Van Veen Nadal. I had to say that very slowly. I think that she will have breakout performance in the World Cup of anyone. I think... She's not young by any means, but I think that with the improvements in her teams with some really top players that Netherlands are going to do really, really well. She's got a huge frame. She's played in England with Arsenal and watching her play, she's incredibly difficult to beat. She has a great presence in 1v1s, a phenomenal shot stopper. And then it's, it's really difficult with the final three teams, Canada, New Zealand, Cameroon. Cameroon is so unpredictable. You, it's, difficult to prepare for them. They're super athletic and you just never know what you're going to get from them. New Zealand, I've actually had the pleasure of working with Aaron Naylor at Sky Blue for a little bit of time, but I, I'm going to go with Canada in this one. I think it's clear cut for Steph Labe. I think she's very, very predictable. You know exactly what you're going to get out of her. She rarely makes mistakes. She's a great shot stopper. She's good with her feet. She's got great range. The only question mark I have on, on flank services, sometimes she comes for things that she shouldn't come for, but she's really good 1v1. She has a lot of experience, played in the NBSL, plays in the Courage. Um, so I'm going to go with Netherlands and Canada in this one. Jill, a real quick question for you, just in regards to Canada in general. Like, is this kind of the year for Canada in regards to the fact that like Sinclair, Schmidt, like are kind of, this is their last World Cup and the younger generation is coming up, but like they've got that mixture of like veteran leadership and youthful exuberance, you know, with some of the younger players on the team. Like, do you think this is the year they can really make a run? Honestly, I feel like I shouldn't be saying this because I'm American, but I really hope they do well. I mean. Just for like Sinclair, she's going to be Abby's record at some point, whether it's in this tournament or after this, she's going to beat that record. And she's a phenomenal human being that you just want to cheer for, you know? The only thing that my question is, is John Herdman was their coach in the past and he had a phenomenal way of motivating them and enough to like just get them so fired up to be able to buy in. I mean, he would say stuff in the media that would just be like piss us off as Americans, but like fire up his team. And they just played beyond the capacity that you think that they would. I'm hoping it is. I'm a big fan of Sophie Schmidt as well. I think she's phenomenal on the ball. She's a great playmaker. So I'm really hoping they advance and do well for themselves. Um, it's only going to make Americans better. It's going to make our league better. So I'm cheering for them until they play the U.S. Omar, anything to add? Yes. I'm going to go again. Uh, a lot of us have the same prediction, so uh, I'm going to try and just add a little bit more to it. Uh, I'm going to go with Sarah Van Veen Nendal. She is, I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I kind of somewhat keep up with the women's side of English football, and I think she's been, uh, she's been a stable there for four or five years now. Very good goalkeeper. In uh, 2017, they won the European Championships, Netherlands did, and she played in all six games, only let in a few goals, and then she won. She was on the best 11. So I think in terms of the up and up with Netherlands, again, a lot of these women's teams – uh, you never know until you actually see them in big competitions. But I think coming off of that, coming off of 
a great season, a first place finish with Arsenal. I think she's in fine form. She has good size to her, almost 5'10". Super excited to see her play. And hopefully Netherlands, again, gets out of this group and uh, makes a good run in the tournament just because I want to be right. Second, I'm going to go with Canada as well. You know, obviously, Kaylin is a friend of the show. And, of course, she's uh, been with TKI doing sessions there. And I would love her to be in goal. And I would love to have her uh, playing out there so we can say that uh, when we're watching those games, we can say, hey, we know that goalkeeper. But uh, like, you, like you say, Jill, seems like Labe has been around for, for a long time now. And she's kind of established herself as uh, a dominant threat as a goalkeeper. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with those teams, those two teams, and uh, see how that uh, shakes out. Yeah, I'm 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 going the same way too. I mean, um, I mean, I, although I, I do want to give out a shout out to Erin Naylor, I think uh, I think she'll have a, a solid tournament. And and Cameroon is is again, I mean, it's just it's one of those toss ups. Like you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Godendom, um, you know, could perform uh, miracles, or or they could just absolutely fizzle. It's very difficult. I think the tr- tough thing with Cameroon is that it's one of those teams where they haven't been playing a lot of competitive matches prior to the World Cup. Like one thing that really, and, and I don't want to go on, get on my soapbox here, but some, sometimes some of these federations of, of different countries out there, they don't put the resources available to their programs to, to really prepare them for the World Cup. They kind of just think, okay, we got to the World Cup, cool, awesome, let me throw the team there. And then they sink or swim. And then they play against, you know, competitive programs that you put a lot of money and resources into preparing for the World Cup. And then they wonder why they're, they're getting destroyed. Steph Labe, you know, I, I mean, I want to see Kaylin out there too, but, but uh, you know, I think she's, she's going to have a good tournament. Obviously been a solid performer in both NWSL and overseas. And then Vienendahl, you know, at Arsenal, I think she's, you know, she's at one of the better clubs in Europe in regards to in the English league. I think those are the two I'm going with, uh, Vienendahl and, uh, and Labe. Um, all right. And now on to the final group, the group that we've all been waiting for. Drum roll, please. That picked up. That's not picked I, up. That's my table. Up, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's picked up. <laughs> Group F: Chile, Thailand, Sweden, and some country we might have heard of, the United States of America. All right, this is a very, very difficult group for all of us to pick. It's very difficult to be uh, non-biased in this in this group. But I'm gonna see how how we do. Uh, let's give it to uh, to Jill. Who do you feel is solid in Group F? Um, well of course of course we're gonna have to go with the u.s uh i think that Alyssa has been in great form recently and you know i'm just so excited for her uh this is gonna be the first world cup without hope and uh everyone you know is in this like panic and i'm cool as a cucumber i have faith in all three goalkeepers that are in um trained with all three of them in my career and have the utmost faith in all three of them that no matter who's in i still believe that we'll win and then my second choice will be Sweden with Lindahl. I think her experience, she's going to be 36. She plays in one of the best leagues in the world with uh, Chelsea. And I'm a huge fan of her. Her distribution is fantastic. Again, just similar to Germany's goalkeeper, she can hit it in behind back. She can solve pressure. I've seen her juke out players before. She's got an amazing presence on crosses. And what makes her one of the best in the world that supersedes everything is her decision making is exceptional. She's always in the right position. She's always in the right place. She rarely gives up goals where you're like, what are you doing in that? You threw, you threw that one in. She's always balanced. Great 1v1 is always set in, in a phase three and able to react out of that shape and um, still has great reactions uh, for someone who has a little bit more experience and a little bit older. She's going to be really difficult to beat. And Sweden is always a team that hangs around. They're hard to hard to score on. Yeah, real quick, Jill, for you, do you have any worries with uh, with Nayer and goal? Um, 
Like if there's, if there's anything that maybe she has some struggle with, or if there's anything you've noticed that she's had a struggle with and improved, anything like that? Um, well, I think I have two question marks, but I do think that 1v1 is not her specialty. She's not like the best in the world 1v1. I mean, I think she plays with Ashlyn Harris, who is the best 1v1 between her and Karen Bardsley. So that would be my, maybe if I, if she had a weakness, that might be it. But the only other question mark I would have is how is she going to deal with the pressure of being U.S.'s number one in a tournament that I feel they are highly favored in? And how does she deal with the pressure of, you know, 60, 80,000 people at the game and on TV and a whole nation uh, watching? So I'm sure that she's prepared for those, those two things and in her lead up and dealing with different pressure situations. So I'm sure she's prepared. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go with the same again. I feel like it's going to be one of those one of those episodes where we're all going to say the same thing, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with with Nair as well. I just feel for some of the some of the clips that I've seen, she has pretty decent technique. Um, I wasn't too impressed in some of the lead up games, but again, it's just I think maybe she's just trying to sink her teeth into the team a little bit more and get a little bit more comfortable. And like you said, with pressure situations like this, when you're a part of a team that's you know supposed to win and we're a world power like that, it could be a little bit tough because you've already had somebody as great as Hope Solo in goal and uh, obviously, you know, the history of her and what she's done for the national team and things like that. So I'm hoping that she plays her game, doesn't try to chase the game, uh, doesn't try to make a name for herself. I think if she lets the game come to her, I think she's going to be successful. And especially with a national team like this, I think less is more for her. Hopefully, psychologically, she doesn't try to do too much and she's in the right positions to use that technique that she's so good at. Um, and then we have uh, Lindahl for Sweden. Would Sweden, Joe, you would say is like our biggest threat in, in this group? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and then what's I mean, our they, history with them? Are we, are we uh, decent against them? or? I mean, we're, we're good against everyone, but Sweden has, is the most recent loss in a major tournament. They beat us in the quarterfinals of the Olympics in 20, what is that, 15 in Rio. Um, and they beat us in the 2011 group play. So in the World Cup in 2011, they beat us in group play. Uh, I think the score was 1-0 which obviously you don't want to lose a group game, but we were still able to advance. It was our third game. So we have had trouble with them in the past, but there's also the times where we've beaten them 4-0 in exhibition matches. So they will be the toughest, I think, uh, the toughest competition in the group, but it will be an interesting matchup. When you guys have these teams that you guys are seeing over and over in different tournaments, do you feel like there's animosity built up between you guys? Because I think a lot of these players play with each other in, in these leagues, no? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're at a, a World Cup event or an Olympic event, there's, you know, everybody wants to win. Everybody, it doesn't matter what club team you came from, everybody wants to to win. There's some extra animosity towards some countries that are in closer proximity to us. Um, and, you know, Brazil, we always have a heavy competition with them and they're difficult powerhouses to play against. They all have talented, talented players. And the pool of players from each country has significantly increased with different leagues around the world where players are going to play in different environments and sharpening up some of the skills that maybe aren't their home country's best attributes. So there's always a little extra animosity when it comes to the World Cup time. But at the end of the day, everybody just wants to win and doesn't care who's in the way between you and the World Cup. Are you nervous? No. When did this become like? She's been to know. She's been to. No, no, no. I know. I know. I just thought it was hilarious because we went from like a world pro preview to like, like Omar Zini, like live with Jill Lloyd and like about her <laughs> reflecting about being at a World Cup. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not nervous in the least. I mean, we have the most talent. I mean, obviously, I'm super biased saying this, but I do believe that the U.S. have the most talented pool of players. Not only talented, deep, like you put, take off Tobin Heath and you're putting in like a Mal Pugh or something like that, depending on who coach goes with that day. But we have the deepest talent pool, but add the physicality to what we do, the mentality at which we do things, and now our players are so much more tactically aware I, I don't I really don't see anyone being able to knock us out there we go all right well I'm you guys kept saying like we're gonna all have the same people we're all gonna have the same people it was just me I said it not that's Omar see I, I would never say that Joe was doing that I'm terrified uh, I would say that Omar saying that I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the United States as well too but uh, I, I'm actually gonna throw a little monkey wrench into this and instead of Lindahl I'm gonna go with Endler and uh, the reason is is because uh, when you, when you talk about some of these countries where, you know, the, you know, like for instance, take the Korea Republic or something, you know, with Soon, you know, who's a, at Chelsea and, you know, considered one of the better players in the world and kind of has to uh, rise to the occasion, you know, for their international teams. You know, Chile, you know, I think they're also first time at the World Cup. And uh, Endler's considered one of the better goalkeepers in the world. I think she, in this group, is going to get shelled. I think she's going to get shot after shot after shot on her. And she's going to have to come up big time. So, for for that simple matter, I, I'm just going to take Endler over uh, over Lindahl, even though I I I respect everything Lindahl's done, and uh, and and she's a very solid goalkeeper. You know, they're uh, I'm still going to have her move on in my wild cards. I don't want to give those away, but I just did. All right, so let's let's do that. Let's talk about some wild cards here. Let's talk about four goalkeepers that we see, um, you know, moving on in a, from a third place standpoint because I think four third place teams move on, right? To the round of 16, is that the way it works? I think you're right, though. I think you're right. Okay, so, so let's go with that. So, um, Joe, you got any uh, any wild cards here? Uh, I'm going to go with – I'll give you my top four. Okay. Uh, New Zealand, Scotland, Italy, China. Boom. Simple and to the point. <laughs> I think – yeah, I think those oh, no, are no. the four teams. No, go ahead. No, no, no. We want to hear what – that's why you're here because, like, you know, like you've been to a Women's World Cup. We have not – you know better what it's like to, to be in that environment. So you speak as much as you need to. Uh, not as much as you need to, as much as we want you to. How about that? I'm super excited because, I, I don't know, uh, I just feel like whatever, what happens at the World Cup is such an amazing experience that everybody is, like, so amped up that people are like, you know what, I'm just going to try stuff. And half the time it comes off because people are just so, like, high on energy, the environment, that that you're at the world cup and so you see some amazing phenomenal goals happen at the world cup where you're like wow how did that happen and equally on the same side you see some incredible saves that you're like oh my gosh i've never seen someone do something like that how did she save that and there's just so much emotions it's up it's down and i i literally just cleared out my entire dvr the other day so i could tape every game everyone should have just seen omar just literally throw his his head in the air just in in absolute just joy and laughter at, at, at this. Cause it's so, it's so cool to see somebody, you know, obviously Jill, you're a very respected goalkeeper coach in this country and a, and a respected former player, you know, to just show that, that you have that still set that joy and that fun to the game still that, it, that it's not just a job. It's not just a professional, you know, occupation, but you know, that you're a fan still too, which is just, I think everybody out there should hear that, you know, enjoy, just enjoy the experience, just enjoy the experience. And, and be appreciative of the fact that we get this month to watch these, these high-level players, you know, play against each other. With that being said, not everybody's going to move on, so I got my wild cards. No, um, 
I, I can put Lindstall in my wild cards because I think I like Endler more, although I think you know Sweden will advance out of that group. Oluwehi out of Nigeria, uh, Naylor, New Zealand, Lee Alexander, Scotland, uh, Omar. Yeah, I think my wild card would probably just be China for this one because I, all my other ones have, have already been said. So I'll just go with China, and I think you know if they can kind of rekindle some of that uh, the history from the past and put a, the best foot forward, I'm, I'm excited to see how they do. And see how their goalkeepers do. I mean, they're not known. Joe, have they had any big-time goalkeepers from the past uh, playing in the NWSL? Or? Um, I think back in the WUSA. Okay. Which is like okay. three leagues ago. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, I think that's uh, – I'm not, I'm not giving you guys much substance on this one just because it's more of an inkling and more of a kind of a feeling. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm giving some good energy towards China and hopefully they do well. I'm just happy you could drink water and eat again, Omar. Because <laughs> at, at, at least you're lucid when you're saying things. I know. So that's a solid one. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to our breakout stars. Um, this is a fun one for me. Uh, who uh, who we think is going to kind of become a darling uh, in the tournament? They might not necessarily move out of the group, but they'll have they could produce a, a really solid moment that'll be memorable in World Cup lore. Let's start with uh, with Jill. I'm gonna. I mean, maybe everyone already knows about her and sees her on a regular basis, but to be quite honest, I haven't seen as much of her because she plays in England, but I do think that Van Villanadal will have a really incredible tournament and I think could be respected as one of the best goalkeepers in the world after this major tournament. It's a great shout. I wish I'd thought of that shout. <laughs> you you, you going to scratch us off now, Mike? No, no, no. But, but you're a Gunner supporter, so you're probably going to say the exact same thing. So. No, I think if it ends up being Gallardo, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with her as if she's the number one for Spain. Uh, she's still relatively young. She's on a good Atletico Madrid side who won La Liga this year. So I'm excited to see how she does. You know, she still has, you know, a lot of proof for herself, but she already has almost 200 appearances for Atletico Madrid. So it seems like obviously she's put herself in a position where she's getting those consistent minutes and, and she's only 25 and she already has that, that much experience. Um, I feel like this is her announcement to the world. If Spain, their their front uh, four or front five, they can get some goals for them, and if she can keep a shot out of, in a few games, I think she'll have the uh, the most breakout games. I uh, this is really really tough for me, and uh, this is going to sound extremely biased. But if uh, if Nicole McClure does not start for Jamaica, and it's Sydney Schneider, uh, I want Sydney Schneider to be our breakout star. Why? Because she's amazing. Because we had her on the show. And she would keep apologizing when she had to reschedule, reschedule, reschedule. And anybody who's that polite of a human being and also that great of a goalkeeper, I want to be a breakout star in the world. Pretty much that's, whoever that's, we've had on this podcast is somehow is, is like our, our best friend. So yeah. we, uh, <laughs> we'll go for anybody who's been on the podcast. So if you like want. Any, like I'm, I'm, I'm seriously like one of these people like, is like, like, I can't stand that goalkeeper to have him on the podcast. Like that's the best goalkeeper in the world. <laughs> I can never say anything negative about, no, I'm totally kidding. I'm not like that. Um, honestly, not all joking aside, that's a very young Jamaica team. And uh, whomever starts in that goal is going to have an iconic moment if they can pull off any sort of result in that group because it's going to be very, very, very difficult with everything they've gone through. And Sydney did have that incredible running in CONCACAF uh, qualifying, which was, uh, which was pretty incredible. She even made Mallory Pugh sulk when she had that tip-over save. And that's very difficult to do because Mallory Pugh always looks very happy. All right, uh, let's move on to the Golden Glove, who we think is going to be the uh, – the, oh, no, should we – next generation or Golden Glove? What should we do next? Is it the same thing, no, breakout star and next generation? No, breakout star I, is like somebody who has like an iconic moment in the World Cup. Like, like next generation is like going to be the next big goalkeeper in the world type of thing, like big-time goalkeeper. Oh, okay. I think that's easy. We already all three of us know that and are going to agree on Kaelin Sheridan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind – Kaylin Sheridan will win the Golden Glove in 2023 
at the World I, Cup. I agree. Yeah. I agree. She's, she's oh. for sure not starting. Is that is that kind of set in stone for Canada? I'm pretty sure. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, I think that Steph's been the starter for a while now, for years and years and years. So um, I do think that Canada will be the next goalkeeper in line at some point when Steph decides to retire. I'm not sure when that is, but uh, I'm a huge fan of Kaylin, obviously, and think that she has the ability to be one of the best in the world one day. All, all joking aside, obviously, a friend of the show, as we keep joking, is a thing. <laughs> but she's honestly, like, not even just a friend of the show, but she's TKI, like, through and through. So, but she is a really good goalkeeper. Uh, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to get to see her consistently play, you know, for Sky Blue. You know, she's had some, uh, been, uh, you know, goalkeeper of the week, you know, in NWSL this year. Still only 23 years old, which blows my mind that she's only still 23 because it just feels like she's so far ahead of her. Great handling, great footwork, uh, athletic, uh, makes good decisions. Um, I think she is the real deal. And honestly, if she was playing for a lot of other countries, I think she would be the number one. She's just in one of those situations where a veteran is in front of her. Well, as we saw with the U-20s, I mean, Brady Scott was the number one, uh, was a starter uh, in their first game against Ukraine. And then the second game, David Ochoa got a start. I think that yeah, was uh, the third game. David Ochoa was able to start a game. So hopefully if Canada can pull off two wins early and they want to rest uh, Steph for the round of 16, I think that'll be an opportunity maybe that Kaylin gets in. And hopefully when she does have that opportunity, she takes it, runs with it, um, shows well for herself. And uh, based off of everything we know about her, I think that would be the case if the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's all hands down. It's a landslide for Kaylin here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She will be one of the best ever in the history of the game, as long as she listens to Jill. She will be I'll one release, of the best. I'll release this audio snippet no. with like, some of her biggest saves in like five, ten years, and it'll, be, it'll, it'll age well. Yeah, it's going to age very, very well. All right, let's go to the Golden Glove. Uh, I think we're all going to have actually different, uh, different ideas here. So uh, I'm going to start with Jill. Who's, uh, who's going to be the, the Golden Glove of the tournament? Well, First, I don't want to say that this is going to be the best goalkeeper, although uh, I do think that she is a, a shot. But I do think typically the Golden Glove goes to whoever wins the World Cup and has a good performance. So I'm going to go with Alyssa. And I would be un-American if I said anything different. <laughs> Omar? Oh, man. Again, it, I mean, Jill really just set that up for me not to say anybody but Alyssa. So, uh, <laughs> But I think if anybody – I mean, I'm going to have to go with two just because I have – a good feeling that if, if France go far, I think Buhati might, might have a good shot at it. And I think Schultz from uh, Germany might also have a good shot at it as well. I think if, if both of those teams go far and do, do well for themselves, then I would say based off of their current form and current club form, I think they might have a chance to, uh, to supersede Alyssa Nair. But again, as an American, I want Alyssa Nair to have a great World Cup. We are American and we want our team to win. And again, it doesn't come easy, but that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes Abby Wambach's goal against Brazil last minute. Like I, I literally ran into the streets going crazy. My brother and I still talk about that moment whenever we watch a World Cup. Unfortunately, we didn't you know, win it that year, but still like I'm just so excited for the World Cup. Uh, another month of watching soccer, football, whatever you guys want to call it, was so much excitement. Like Jill said, just sitting there watching the highlights and watching just Joe, you know more about the women's game than I do in terms of like the goalkeeper. So I'm sure you're just excited to see your opinions about these goalkeepers and who you've played with, who you've shared the field with, shared locker rooms with. You are probably excited just to see how they perform and how they, you know, step on the big stage. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the U.S. I'm excited for listening there. And hopefully, hopefully we bring that we bring back the chip because I want to go to a bar. I want to watch with my friends. I want to watch in fan zones because unfortunately the men's team did not give us that opportunity last World Cup. 
So I'm just so excited, as you can see, coming going through my veins right now. Wait, Omar, did you think that the men were going to win the World Cup? Uh, and, and when they, Oh, they didn't even qualify. They that's didn't right. even qualify, no. Yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. The Isn't last... that amazing how that was like completely erased from my memory that the men didn't even qualify for the World Cup? Um, Don't remind me, dude. I mean, yeah. I had to had the roof for Egypt last year, and as you can see, it did not go well. All right, I'm going to go anti-American here. No, I'm not going anti-American. I'm going, but what I do think is, I honestly, as, as much as I would love to see Alyssa Nair, you know, win the Golden Glove, I think that it's Sarah Buhati, even if they don't win the title, I think that she could home turf, top tier squad. She's going to rise to the moment. She's going to have some great moments. I think it's Sarah Buhati. My dark horse in, in this would be Karen Bardsley. If for some reason, you know, the United States doesn't advance as far and, and England makes a, a good solid run. She is one of the best in the world. I think she could come up huge for England. Those would be mine, uh, Karen Bardsley or Sarah Bahati. And, uh, and yeah, and everyone here hates me in the United States. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad. I, I don't know. It's so hard for me to choose an American. I feel, like it's, uh, I feel like it's almost like cheating type of a thing to say, an American. Although I'll always choose Kaylin Sheridan. So I'll choose Canadians at any, any time. Are we going to have a wrap-up show to be like, oh, I told you so? Oh, my gosh. We should totally do a wrap-up show. Can we do that? Can we do, like, which one of our predictions, like, worked and stuff like that? And, like, it's like, that's right, guys. And the Golden Glove went to Endosi and New like, – like, like, oh, we did not see that coming. That, uh, that was the thing. Okay. Um, Jill, last thing before we let you go, I'm seeing as you're the only person who has been to a World Cup, and Mike and I can only have dreamed of that. What's your feeling if you were a player? I've been to an ASO World Cup. Does that count? Like, you know, like an ASO rec tournament? I like do remember those, yeah. Like the country. <laughs> but Joe, for you, in this moment, a few days out from our first game, uh, what's going on in your head as a player, and what, how was how the feeling of the team? I know, I mean, the U.S. team has always been one of the favorites or the favorite. So is there a lot of pressure? Uh, is there a lot of, like, team events to kind of ease the tension? Or how, what's the locker room like right now? Well, I mean, when I played, we had Pia, and I think that Pia did a great job of, like, letting us all – come together and spend a lot of time together and enjoy it. And I, I would say this is the best part about the World Cup is you get to have fun and you get to play the sport that you love at the biggest stage in the world. And you have hundreds of thousands of people combined at the games and um, they're all cheering for you and they all want to see good play and they want to see good games. And just the camaraderie when people just come together, it's just amazing. And I think that's the greatest thing about these big tournaments is just to see the unity within nations, um, with all nations and the excitement. And right now the players are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this training session to be done because we're, we got a game finally in a few days. And um, I, I feel that uh, the hype around this World Cup has been incredible and through the media and everybody's just supporting our women in a way that we've like never even seen before. And I'm so excited for them. And I want our women to do well just because I know how much work they've put into this. And I want to see that come out and I want to see a back-to-back -back champions because there's never been. There's never yeah. been a back-to-back -back champions. Wow. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, all right, guys. By, by the way, if anybody here uh, has any questions or they want to hear more about what uh, is going on with the Women's World Cup or they want to learn more about what TKI is doing, Jill, I know you're ridiculously accessible on social media and we always we always, you know, uh, praise the claim of TKI, but, uh, but you guys got a summer program going on right now, right? Yeah. Right now we're in a three week program where we train our college kids every day. Uh, we have programming once a week for eight weeks in a row. We have our summer camp. We have a lot going on. Yeah. And if anybody's interested, they can just go to, is it thekeeperinstitute.com? Yeah. Which one, the is, which one is it? Institute.com. Institute.com. Okay, good. You got okay. it. 
Okay. Yes. Awesome. Sweet. I got that right. I'm, I'm proud of myself that I remembered that. All right, guys, by the way, if anybody's wondering why we didn't talk gold cup or U 20 men's world cup going on right now, we'll get to that uh, next week, but uh, there's only so much we can handle at one time. And honestly, this is a special occasion. It's not every, every year that you have a world cup. So uh, we're going to focus on that for right now. That's all the time we got on inside the 18 today, guys. Uh, We are out later.